When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. G'day, Mike Hussey here, but you can call me Mr. Supercoach. KFC Supercoach BBL is back and there's 25 grand up for grabs. So what are you waiting for? Play today at supercoach.com.au. T's and C's apply. New South Wales authorisation number TP slash 01005. Harrison Agents. To buy, sell or rent in Tasmania, search Harrison Agents today. Amy, proudly the doers of insurance. Jack and Flash with Jack Revolt and David Lithgow. And welcome to another massive edition of Jack and Flash. We're all here, all thanks to Harrison Agents, Tasmanian real estate experts. And for Amy, the doers of insurance. We're live on 1629 SEN Tasmania, 1611 SEN track, Northern Tassie, and right across the country on the SEN app. Good morning, everybody. And this morning, it's good morning to my old mate, Brett Jeeves, stepping in for Jackie Boy, playing some footy. So we won't get to... But we will speak to him still, actually, which is cool. I'll tell you what we've got coming up, Brett. How are you first? Oh, yeah, I'm good. You're good? Jack, Jack's doing things. He's, He's doing things. He's living the world, isn't he? He's, well, well, he'll join us after 7.30 today. Now, Brett, listen to this. This is right up your alley, of course, because you're one of the bigger Hawthorne nuffies that I've ever met in my journey on God's green earth. Jack's going to join us after 7.30. And after that, Tasmanian and Hawthorne legends, the GOAT. Peter Hudson's joining us. That's exciting. We're also going to t- chat to Tasmanian cyclist Josh Duffy to join us after winning bronze at the Com Games. Of course, he was involved in that horrendous crash. I'm not sure if you saw it, Brett, but um, that's got traction all over the world. I How did, late? With, with that crash, yes. there was a, a man used a child as a human shield, I saw that. which was it just was beyond uh, any form of decency. Mate. <laughs> mm. He's very lucky. When, uh, I've got to say, when um, we had our little meeting and uh, and I heard we were chatting with Peter Hudson, I, I haven't slept much. No. I, I'll, I'll be honest, I have not slept much. No. The, well, the, he's the guy. He's the guy. Just statistically, oh. it, it's beyond remarkable. You can't. 5.6 goals a that's game him. on average. Yep. I mean that's unbelievable. It, I, I read, I read, I read only this morning. If he'd played the same amount of games as Franklin to date, Lance Franklin sitting on fifteen hundred, eighteen hundred goals, eighteen hundred goals. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> I mean, because of course the thing with it was is before his VFL career and then after, and still very much in his prime. He said, "No, I'm going to play with Norfolk and then come back and play with Norfolk." Came course, back and play. Yeah, that's the, twelve squilling goals. That's the beauty of it, I think. You know, just a Amazing. passionate Tasmanian person, always wanting to give back. And that's key in all of this. I'll be interested. Amazing uh, human. Uh, look, and a Hawthorne legend. He's done so much for Hawthorne in the Tassie part of it as well. He's, I've always, mm. you know, as you have been around the footy up there, and he's always been around. I'm really interested as well to find out what his take is on the big issue at the moment, which we all know that. It's Tasmanian mm. football and the future of a team. Now, big stories from overnight. Channel 9 News in Brisbane reports that Buddy Franklin's preference, as it stands right now, is to play 
for the Brisbane Lions in 2023. Here's how Michael Atkinson reported the news last night on Nine. When it comes to the biggest names in Australian sport, even AFL, they don't come much bigger than Lance Buddy Franklin. The superstar forward's future has been a hot topic in AFL circles and I can confirm tonight that the Brisbane Lions are currently the front runner to be his club next year. It's my understanding that Franklin has informed the Swans that he won't be playing in Sydney next year. Franklin and his wife Jacinta have a desire to move their family up to Queensland to be closer to family on the Gold Coast, but it's not the Suns where he wants to keep playing. Buddy wants to win more premierships, and he's identified Brisbane as the club most likely to help him achieve that goal. It's my understanding that Franklin's management and Brisbane Lions bosses have held talks already, albeit at this stage they're just, just preliminary conversations. There's a lot of water that still needs to go under this bridge. No club can actually put a deal to Buddy until the trade period after this season is concluded. But right now, the Lions are the front-runner to land Buddy Franklin. Now, for all clarity, we did get to contact here at SEN, Sydney Swan CEO Tom Harley, who is told Sports Day this is news to him when he was contacted by Jared Healy. So, it's a big report. It's a big report. It's a, bra- it's a brave report, is what it oh, is. Oh, well, that's Very it's a brave. big name. And if I guess if you've... you've uh, you think you got something there? You go with it, don't you? And that's what—that's what's happened there. Look, what, what's what's the flow on? I mean, you're the city man, Flash. Mm. What's the flow on from this? Franklin leaves. Does it open up cash for Martin? Does a is it a good Brody thing? Grundy. A bad thing? Brody Grundy. Yeah, that's well, what, that's yes. what I'd like. It's, it hasn't mm. been discussed, but that um, no, I think there's a bigger picture in play, and that is very much the we know the the absolute top end youthful talent that Sydney have got, and in the tall timber. Absolutely, they've got the, you know, that real top end talent. Now Logan McDonald's contracted for a couple of years. He's fine, so he's not going anywhere. Uh, incidentally, he's made his way back into the team this week uh, for Joe Amati. Those two are almost dueling for that second tall spot on the team now. Amati, I think's had a contract this year, as is Big Hayden McLean, who hasn't been in the senior team for a while, but he's got some serious ability as well. So you you got to look at you know, like you look at that Swans profile. Um, well, it's it's goodbye, Franklin. It's probably goodbye, Franklin. Mm. But at the same time, hello, Grundy. I, I actually never thought about Brody Grundy. That's well, well Hickey's Hickey's been a marvel. No. But he's thirty three, thirty four. You look at the profile of that team. Josh Kenny's the oldest guy. He's probably going to get back in the team. He hasn't played all year. And Buddy, then maybe you've got Dane Rampy and gets tipped out in a year or two. Other than that, no one's going anywhere no. for the next period of time. So as ma- it- it's interesting. Does there become a salary cap squeeze at the Definitely. Swans with so much young talent Absolutely. that's been an issue? No question. We're seeing that with GWS at the moment in the yep. in the stakes of the the who cares WS. The, the, no, <laughs> who cares? They've managed to. <laughs> the Swans have always managed to to get the salary cap really good. They well, they have had an additional not for six years, Brett. Four get, million get or whatever this. it was. We don't want to start up on this conversation again. But they have they have really um, been able to harness. And what they do, they they put the good kids on an early contract for three or four years, you know, and they lock them in on reasonable money and, um, you know, pay their top-end talent. Um, yeah, oh, look, I reckon they'd like to have Buddy Franklin there next year, but I have no doubt they won't be, they won't be, they won't be punching up to 650, 700 grand. And clearly, clearly that's what, you know, Brisbane are thing. I mean, would it be a good move to Brisbane, given that they'll likely lose Dan McStay? Well, he's an upgrade from Dan McStay, let's be frank. Can they fit him in? 
as in Buddy, Danaher, Hipwood, can they play in the same forward line? Yeah, well, that, that's what I was I was sort of thinking just then. What role does Franklin pl- Fra- Franklin play? Yes. You, know, he's, you, you want Danaher as close to goal as he can, but you know that you know he's got that penetrating you know left foot. He can get up up around the ground. He does that quite well. What do you do with Hipwood? Yes. Are they do they become a bit big? Um, yes. Yeah. I mean, so there there are question marks on on Brisbane's part in terms of his fit. But they're they're in that they're in that real window of we need this ASAP. Oh, yeah, you know, that's their, right. their their premiership window will, will will certainly close quicker than Sydney's. We'll love to hear your texts as oh four three seven double five two five three five. Oh four three seven we'll go this way, double five two five three five. I think that's the way Mitch likes me to say it all the time. Let's roll with that. Give us a text because it's a big story and I think you're very much right about what you said with Brisbane is that they're just they're just foldering a little bit, you know, and could that could he be the one to get him over the line? What does this mean for Buddy's legacy and the Swans' legacy if he pulls on a Brisbane jumper? All those questions, you know, to be asked. I, I would say that I'll answer that. If the Swans won a flag this year... Um, Can they win the flag? Oh, absolutely. I think so, yeah. yeah honestly? Yeah, no doubt. Yeah, they can. I'm not sure. They're the third seed, and, but sure. they're the clear third seed for mine. And... Um, and then maybe the pies of the fourth seed, and that's where it ends for me. You're, I, you're just looking at the ladder. No, that's what. That, no, that's not. that's the top four. That's that's the. No, easy it's around answer. the other order. But I think, I think Melbourne are the clear best team, and I think the Cats are proven, and they've got a. Did you see Geelong's last half the other week against the oh, Bulldogs? Been tremendous. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, they're different, aren't it's they? A straight too? demolition job. That yep. was one of the biggest yep. whack pieces I've ever seen. And the, it was actually the biggest turnaround in football. How, how how you can come out and play the way they did? They dogs let, they less, in they let the dogs do whatever they want. Yep. Then they probably didn't capitalise the dogs, and then yes. they just ran rampant. That was phenomenal for yep. you. When they're going, the cats. Well, they're different. They're not like you know. You've got cats involvement in your family. Your old man's a mad nutty, yes. and your brother as well, isn't he? Is one of those. Mm. Um, the cats are not what the cats have been the last few years. They've been slow in finals. They've had lumbering players. They have got spice, you know. Well, you know the you know the difference. Uh, Paddy Dangerfield's got his pace back. He's got that burst back. He's bursting out of out of um, out of packs and oh, taking guys on. Like, yeah. He's back to that electric, um, take the game on at, at at all costs sort of. Um, he needs a premiership, I reckon, Paddy. He needs a signature, mm-hmm. um, and I don't think any of us would wish anything else on him. But it'd be terrific for Dangerfield to get that flag. I think there are that would. AFL CEO Gil McLaughlin has apologised to Eddie Betts and those affected by the infamous Adelaide camp. And he spoke to Channel 7 News, Brett, last night. Clearly we're sorry to Eddie and anyone who's, who's uh, of course, suffering from that camp. And we, you know, we've seen today how much it hurt Eddie. And, and frankly, some of the stuff that went on was a, was a disgrace. And clearly... Uh, you know, we we hearing him and hear his pain, and we're sorry. What's your take on that? Yeah, this this whole saga's. I think I think Gill's got the right. It is a disgrace, and the more we hear about it, the more disgraceful it becomes. Um, a, a really horrible part of Adelaide's history. Um, and, and I thought Eddie Eddie summed it up really well the other night on on AFL three hundred and sixty when he said, you know, he kind of he was talking about how. He kind of addressed the group, you know, like, aren't we resilient enough? You know, we've been through the, you know, the, the tragic death of our coach, and yes, like, why? I, I, I don't understand why you would need to put 
these adult men through such a horrendous series of events. I mean, the lack of trust in, you know, you know, Eddie's gone deep. You yep. know, he's, he's provided, you know, an insight to the, to the psychologist deep into his soul. Yes. And for that to be used, used against him in the way that it has, is just, it makes me feel sick. It, it, it truly does. And, and, and it makes everyone feel sick. It's not right. It's um, it's a different conversation, but it, for me too, it, it really uh, it's mirrored the the Adam Good situation from a few years ago when the AFL uh, let it let something just drift off and get out of hand and didn't rein anything in, albeit a slightly different timeline. But it was over a number of years, and and we've really um, tarnished two of the great Indigenous players um, of all time. I, I yeah, no good. I, I just I just don't. Um, very reactive, and we've been very, um, very slow on all these topics, and that's not cool. I just, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm no psychologist, and I'm certainly no sports psychologist, but I personally have never understood the, the benefit in these types oh, of camps. You know, let's ridiculous. sit around for three days and you know sing kumbaya together and, and do these activities that are you know just completely outrageous for the human body. Like, no, no one gets anything from it. Nothing. No, nothing. Not not a lick. You, you are better off. <laughs> maybe I'm built from the seventies, but sitting around having a feed and and talking and getting the you know like that that's more beneficial than than, than some of these uh, outrageous camps that, that that these clubs justify as being you know psychologically beneficial. It's a, it's a hard pass, and and we're seeing you know what what can come from it. I wonder if um, I wonder if this is the end of it. Um, as such, or whether now, you know, with Paul Marsh at the Players Association, um, etc., that they really dig deeper and well, that, and ask more questions with other players. That, that's been the surprising part is the lack of involvement in the AFLPA. I think Paul Marsh came out yesterday and and said, "Look, the Eddie Betts stuff is news to us. We, you know, this is all very new. We we didn't know a lot of this. Yeah, where 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 were they three or four years ago when when this started the break and they, yeah they needed to speak to every player to to help get to the bottom of it. It's um, it's a pretty disappointing result. The players have been severely let down. Big story, big stories. Where does Lance Franklin go next year? Eddie Betts. Some of the bigger names, of course, over the last you know fifteen years in our great games. This is Jack and Flash. Thanks to Harrison Agents, Tasmanian real estate experts, and for Amy. The doers of insurance, Brett Jeeves, is here in for Jack, and it's time, young man, for a Com Games update thanks to Australia-made support team Aussie. Look for the green and gold kangaroo logo, these Commonwealth Games. Brett, Australia won another three gold medals overnight with cyclists Rowan Dennis and Grace Brown taking out the men's and women's time trials, whilst Madison DeRosia won her fourth Com Games gold medal in the T53, 254, 1,500 metres on the track. Tasmania, Georgia Barker, who well, she was going to be on here, by the way, this morning. We, we haven't got her. We'll talk about that soon. But she's already won the two games and just finished outside the medals in the time trials. So she finished fourth. She's had a good time. What, um, uh, what, what gets you excited about the games, Flash? Uh, well, because I was away for a week, it took me a whisker bit of time. To get to get involved, to be honest, I I I just was doing other things. Um, but you know, the last couple of nights I have tuned in, and gosh, it's good to hear Bruce's voice. 
You know what? I was going to say the same thing. How how much do we miss Bruce as a football oh, commentator? Gosh. Bruce and Dennis were, well, they were special. Yeah. And, I, and, and they are missed. Co- commentary is not the same. No, it's not. Yeah, I, I just, um, and I've been listening. He was on with Jared, of course, uh, yes, no, a couple of days ago. And listening to him talk about, um, he's he, he's always had an extreme, you know, desire and lust, if you like, for athletics. He loves it, but he's he, he's he's bullish now about the future because he wants to do more athletics again. You know, mm-hmm. seems like his health's a little bit better, and uh, he, mate, he, he he's got another couple of Olympics in him, I reckon. He and Tamsin have a nice dynamic. Oh, I think Tamsin does a great job. She's happy She's to call awesome. it how she She's sees awesome. it, and yeah, no, they're they're actually really enjoying. And I I'm. I'm a little bit the opposite to you. The swimming, the athletics, that's not what I'm interested in when it comes to the, the, the comm games and the Olympics. It's yes. give me the table tennis or hit me with that three-on-three three basketball. Yes. Like, give me some of that real unique stuff that, that you don't often see. Um, but uh, I, I can sit and, and listen to Bruce and, and Tamsin. You know, uh, Matthew Denny, by the way, not long ago, he's also won the gold this morning in the men's discus, thrown 67 and a bit. 67.26 was exactly what he... Through so that's a terrific result. Look, the thing with the the thing with the, it's not just Bruce. When you do have the athletics, because we've we've still got the Kenyans and we've got all the Caribbean runners um, and the Canadians and the Brits, and there's still some a lot of world class athletes. You know, doing. I probably got into that more than the swimming because, by the way, our swimming's never ever looked any better our women's swimming team at the moment and looking forward to Paris in two years my gosh they they are incredible but it's for me um yeah like the the 100 was fascinating with a Kenyan winning I mean who could ever think a Kenyan one's going to win the 100 metres itself but like, just look oh, I, I don't think it'd matter what's on if I can have, have Bruce telling me about it and as you said <laughs> him and Tamsin Tamsin loves Bruce like you can tell the way she I mean, they've worked together for over a decade now, I reckon. I, so, think, I think the big topic that, that we, we have to discuss is the love triangle. Which one's that? Chalmers, Cody Simpson, and the female swimmer. What did you make of all that? <laughs> D- debacle. <laughs> Who cares? Oh, God. I was only joking. We don't, we don't need to speak about that at all. All right. Well, this is exciting. We've got ready now on the line. We've got Josh Duffy, Tasmanian cyclist, who's had an enormous week in England. Good morning, Josh. How are you going? I'm good, thanks, guys. How are you? Good, thank you, mate. Um, gosh, what a what a week for you. What's been the the highlight, the downlight, the airtime? Is it the medals? It's been a you've had a whirlwind, mate. You run us through your the the last six or seven days for you. Yeah, look, it's been a crazy week. Just uh, just getting over there was a experience. It's my first multi sport game, so I guess there's a lot more. Um, spotlight on cycling as an event compared to our world championships and stuff like that so just that was an experience in itself but then with the events bronze medal um to be honest we might have been a little bit disappointed with that but like it's still a bronze medal so we were all pretty proud of that and then the crash and all the scratch race and stuff that next day was yeah pretty crazy just focus on the team's pursuit now, and, and what, how did it unfold from your perspective, this team perspective, and what was it perhaps that you you didn't quite go right at the end? Ah, uh, yeah. So it's a strange one. Like the 
uh, nothing necessarily actually went wrong. It was just the performance wasn't quite there. So, to be honest, there wasn't a lot more we could have done. And we came up against two pretty classy teams. The English and New Zealand team that beat us, they were honestly just better than us on the day. So, there's that. And that, that's almost more disappointing, really. But, yeah. And Josh, when, when, you, when you look to two years' time, the Olympics obviously becomes a focus for you. How, how in that two years do you, do you break down that, that point eight of a second or you know, 0.7 of a second that, um, that was the difference you know, this time between bronze and, and, and gold? Yeah, well, hopefully we're riding a lot more than a 0.4 of a second faster but by then. So I think we're a young team. We were there. Everyone, we had Luke with us, Luke Platt. That's it. He went to the uh, Tokyo Games. But besides that, it was all of our first major competition. None of us have even been to a world championships before. So we're all yeah, pretty that, raw to international competition. Yeah. Yeah, and that's that that that's that's exciting in itself. So what what does the next two years look like for you? What what's what's next on your on your agenda? Uh so just world, there's world championships in two months' time. That's a big goal for all of us. Um I know some of the guys that went to Tokyo are putting their hands up for that. So we're, we're going to have a strong squad going there and it's going to be interesting what sort of times we can do there. And then once that's all done, the build for Tokyo starts. I mean, Paris starts, sorry. The velodrome, mates, uh, the other day, the 15K scratch qualifiers, six of you went down. Um, one of them ended up going the crowd, which was absolutely extraordinary vision to watch it, of course. Um, how did it unfold, mate? Run us, run us through it. Yeah, it was pretty insane, wasn't it? It was... Um, Gosh. I guess I've never seen anyone going over the fence of the track before. So I've... Uh, yeah, it was just a shock when it happened. It happened so quickly. Like, there was the guys that went down in front of me. And then before I know it, I'm up at the fence with guys going over the top of me. And if you're going over the top of me when I'm at the fence, it means you're probably going over. So, yeah, it was pretty nasty to be there. But, yeah, I'm glad everyone's all right. And, and everyone did pull up okay? There was, you know, you cyclists. I mean, pr- there is plenty of injuries and stuff, but everyone's conscious, yes. alive and kicking. So that's yes. what we're happy with that. And you and what scratches and bruises mostly and, and, and a knock in various spots of your body? Yeah, look, it was, uh, I actually got off pretty lightly considering yes. it's probably one of the craziest crashes I've been in, but probably the lightest I've ever come off a crash. So I was happy with that. I just got what? some skin off my arm and back and a couple of splinters. But besides that, nothing, nothing major. What about the the depth and the quality of Australian cycling at the moment? Um, we're obviously in the middle of that uh, Olympic cycle, the World Champs coming up, as you mentioned. Um, strength wise, how, how does a, as a unit internally, how, how does everyone feel that the the squad as a whole is looking? Yeah, I think it's crazy. So um, we're in a pretty good spot. The you watch the medal tally we got. In all the other events, there's a, they're all going pretty well at the moment. And us endurance men, we've got some guys sitting on the sidelines over in Europe ready to come in and uh, 
with us young guys pushing up through, I think we're going to have a pretty good squad to put together by Paris. So I think it's exciting times for all the squads involved at the moment. I've got, I've got to say, I, I spent some time uh, at the AIS in Adelaide when the the cricketers used to share uh, the dorm with the cyclists and oh, yeah. uh, the, tra- <laughs> the training regime that the cyclists went through was like nothing we we could we we just couldn't grasp it there was a big fella they called him greedy Edie. what was his oh he sean Edie, sean Edie, big sean Edie, Edie. and um yeah. and and so and so we'd be we'd be waiting for dinner and there'd be a line of 15 cricketers and Edie would just stand right you know push right at the front you blokes haven't worked hard enough today you've done you've done half of what i've done give it give us a little insight into into what training looks like for you in the in the in the lead up to the olympic games so that last month we're really pushing as hard as you can um t- t- tell us about how hard that is because i've seen it and it's it's brutal yeah it's hungry work isn't it it's um so i guess by that stage you're doing a lot of track time all the early stuff we do go out spend lots of hours out on the road but as you start um getting closer to a major competition, it's a lot more track-based. So you, I guess you're going out in the morning, doing a bit of a road ride, coming back, having lunch, maybe going to the gym or something, and then you're going to get on the track bike, go out, do track, get that session done, then probably have a bit of a break, and then in the afternoon it might be look like a, another road ride or a bit of a track session again. So it can be a pretty full-on day sometimes when you've got those double or triple days. But yeah, we get through like which explains why Big Sean was hungry. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> well, the Birmingham 2022 Com Games live and free and exclusive on 7 and 7 Plus. Download the 7 Plus app from your smart TV, mobile or tablet now. Thanks so much for your time, Josh. I hope you get better, mate, over the next week and good luck moving forward. Looking forward to seeing what happens at the World Champs. Thanks for having me, guys. Appreciate it. Good. You know who else is a workhorse? Who? Jack Rewald. He is a workhorse. You there, young man? I think we've got you on the line. Oh. How are we, boys? What's going on? Heaps. How are you going? Uh, yeah, not too bad, not too bad. Just um, actually packing my bag to get ready to get on the plane to head to Adelaide today, so um, hard at it. What, what, what excites you about Adelaide, Jack? Have you got a, a favourite establishment? Is there a coffee shop somewhere that you, that you, that you really enjoy? Um, oh, gee. No, I actually like going on the beach, too. But there's a really good coffee shop down at the beach, so I actually really got, like going to that. Where, where do you do you go, Glenelg, or do you sort of, do you held more oh, Henley? I What's it? Do, even, do you I know? I couldn't tell you. I just, no, no, he doesn't know what players he's playing against. The... <laughs> All about him. You get on the main drag and just drive down there. So Glenelg, I, I reckon you've had it. You've gone. Yeah, probably. <laughs> it is pretty I've down there. No a lot of old, lot of old sandstone buildings. Look out for them. I tell you what was fascinating, Jackie boys, and I've already had a conversation with you this week, but I jumped on the plane uh, at the footy last weekend and, well, you're just for half-time, you're 40 points down. I switched my phone off and got back on with seven or eight minutes to go in the game. Golly, that's a, that was a big turnaround, mate. Yeah, it was. Flash, it was... Um, it was uh... It's a really weird game. Like, um, we, we probably copped a little bit of the raw end of the stick with a few decisions that um, turned into goals. So there's probably three or four that were just reflective of free kicks. Now, there's a couple that were our own doing, and then there was maybe a couple of dubious ones. But 
um, that that really hurt us and um, our, our inability to to kick straight even early on was probably something that that hurt us as well. We had a few shots from from fairly close that. Um, I mean, if you, if you make sure of them, then the margin's pretty close. But, um, yeah, that, that from sort of like I reckon maybe halfway through the second quarter, we were sort of going goal for goal. We just we were working really hard for our goals and they were, they were getting ones that were, that were maybe a little bit easier in terms of they, they, they just played some really good, good football and, and we'd grind away and get a goal and then they'd just go bang and, and get one out of the middle or do something amazing. So... Um, yeah, we, we were sort of teetering there for a bit, but our ability, I think, we sort of kicked three goals in a row off the back of the halftime break, um, really got us back into the game. How did a game swing so so drastically, Jack? You know, we were talking before about uh, the Geelong Western Bulldogs game, and those two halves were, were so drastically um, the opposite. The, the doggies blitzed it, then the cats yeah. came out and blitzed it. Your your game is exactly the same. Brisbane were unstoppable. Dis- it didn't matter what you did; they were just on fire. You guys come out, um, flick the switch, 40, 40 point turnaround. How, how, how does that happen? Is there a is there an answer to that, or is it just a gross unknown? Uh, I think there's, there's a whole um, accumulation of things, Jeeva. Like um, tactically, you start to, to to get the ball played on your terms a little bit. Um, so, I mean, we're obviously a bit of a free-flowing side to where I would to... And maybe that's the the weight of the scoreboard actually being taken off your shoulders because, like, well, if it goes south, it doesn't really matter because we're 40 points down. But so you don't think about it as much. Um, and I think from the other point of view, and we've been in this situation a few times this year, is that the rumbling of noise of that they're coming is, is the other thing. Like, it's all of a sudden you start find yourself sneaking a look at the scoreboard and you go, gee, 40 points, and it's like, oh, yeah. And then you next, you know, you look up five minutes later and it's 28 points. And you're like, oh, yeah, still a nice margin. And then five minutes later, you look up and it's 12 points and you think, oh, holy hell, what's happened to that 40-point margin that we've, we've we've just sort of obliterated, really? So there, there's a whole host of things. But that's the, that's the great thing about sport is that, and, and certainly about AFL, is that clearly this year you, you're never out of it. And and which is, you know, and and sport is beautiful in that sense, but why can't we do that from the start? You know, so that that whole (laughs) philosophy of, uh, well, let's remove the scoreboard, but we'll get to 40 points down. We'll play this free-flowing game that is... Amazing, yeah, and your pressure through that through that period, the the defensive pressure was Richmond of premiership success. Like it was just phenomenal. Why why can't we do that from the start as, as sports people? And it's um, I'm I'm sure the psychologists have the answer. That's the million dollar question. But, it is just um, the big question. Yeah. I, I think for us, if we're just looking at yeah, yeah, for our game in a silo, like we we just we had our butt kicked a little bit around contested ball, so we. we we can never get our hands on the ball and then we never get a chance to pressure because the ball was was going out of the middle and then or going out of the defensive 50 pretty easy and, and we weren't able to put that pressure on. But when, when we started to get our hands on the footy, you get a bit of territory, um, you start to get get it to positions which are predictable for your team to, to be able to defend. That's probably the thing that leads into to that um, manic defence that we've been known for for, for for a while now. So uh, it's amazing how just, uh, offense, defense, and, and contest, and probably stoppage all link into each other. That if, if one part of that chain's broken, um, how much it can affect the next part down the line. Uh, and, and 
it has like the the fullback what the fullback does has a real reflection on what happens to the full forward and vice versa the full forward can do something wrong and whilst they're 150 meters apart it actually can have a real direct effect on what happens to the last bloke defending so um getting everything right getting your system right um is the one thing that we always speak about is that 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 you may be having a poor game personally but if you if if you rely on the system, that will be your safety net to get you back into the game. So, Jack, with with that in mind, do you think that there will be a shift away from from line coaches? So you've obviously got your defensive coaches, your midfield coaches, your uh, you know your forwards. Does that does that all just link into one? If it's one system, uh, one team, one system, everyone needs to be on the same page. What 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 do those line coaches address during those breaks? Is it is it is each coach addressing the same message? Uh, or are they all different? How, how does how does that look? Yeah, it's it's an interesting one, Jeeva. It's um, I suppose that's what match committees for. It's for collaboration and and, and actually um, coming up together with a plan together. So um, whilst every coach coaches in their own line, um, and, and the ability to cross over lines in meetings like match committee makes um, is so important. So there there is input. So it's not just how hey, you worry about your backyard. It's, Hey, I'm, I'm, this is my main department, but um, let's work together as a, as a whole goal. So, um, and defensively and offensively, I mean, David Teague looks after just offense and 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 no line, and and Adam Kingsley looks after defense and the back. So, I mean, they have a license to clearly come over and and have a conversation about all aspects of the mechanisms of defense and offense to make sure that um, there isn't just one message going to a line and then a different one. Goes, Going to another line is actually a, a whole group message. Geez, you've been in the war, son. You broke your snoz on the weekend. How did that happen? Uh, yeah, not a great result, that one, Splashman. So um, <laughs> late in the game, late in the game, side so sent halfbacks off just to just to try and create a bit of chaos. And I chased Calamarchini, and he actually had me get the ball, and he stepped back, and I was like, because I'd use my elite pace to stay with him, <laughs> I, um, <laughs> I um, <laughs> got the headbutt in the nose, and it was like, Yuck. it was a siren went, it was just like a big celebration, the siren's gone, and the benches are all like, yeah, and, I just, and I'm just lying in the middle of the G, and I just had claret coming out left and right. And <laughs> yeah, gosh, I copped it, so um, no, it was a bit of a, a, bit of a scene. And, mate, look, I've got a lot of players in, of the last 10 years in your team that I've loved, but none more than Dylan Grimes. Um, not a great result with um, what's happened with him with his hamstring during the week. What's the situation there? Yeah, so Grimes is uh, was sort of in limbo a little bit with whether he was going to have surgery or go through it, um, uh, just the normal healing process, but he's, he's opted to go in and have surgery because it gives him a... Um, a, a chance at, at playing again this year if we're able to go um, go deep into September. So he's had one stitch put into his hamstring. I know it sounds pretty minor, but um, I mean, I mean the, the seriousness for this is the fact that Dylan's had um, serious major um, hamstring surgery and hamstring issues before. So um, yeah, it's, it's obviously a pretty bittersweet moment from what was a really really big weekend for the club with obviously Shane Edwards, Shane Edwards is three hundred and whatnot. So. Uh, yeah, feeling feeling for Dylan at the moment. It's um, yeah, it's going to be a really trying time for him, and and but no doubt, I mean, he's the ultimate professional. And you had Tom Lynch, of course, with a hammy a couple of weeks ago. He's come back, and Dustin Martin, of course, with his hammy. How's how's the champ tracking? 
Uh, he's going all right. Yeah, he's going all right. He's in rehab at the moment. It's pretty uh, pretty isolating spot rehab. So it's been actually um, it's been it's always difficult to to talk to people in rehab because they they train on one side of the ground. But um, yeah, for, for if anyone that's in that sort of injury space, it, there's a real um, there's a real focus put on to to make sure they tick along okay mentally. Physically, we'd be sorted by the the coaches. But mentally, it's up to the players to continually make sure they feel engaged in 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 the day to day program. Um, there's a direct correlation, 100. percent If you're feeling great and people and you're up and about, you you'll recover quickly. So um, or quicker, sorry. Um, so yeah, no, that's 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 where he's at at the moment. He's, he's in a really good spot. Jack, you've played with some unbelievable footballers and, and have played in a you know in a uh, in a competition that's littered with talent. Obviously, Shay Bolton is he'd have to be on the podium, wouldn't he, for you as uh, one of the most exciting? Yeah, he, he's he, just he, he's, he's taking games apart at the moment. Yeah, he's, he's having a fantastic year, um, and it's sort of been it's just been rumbling away for a little bit. And we've seen a little bit of this. Um, I mean, in games in the past sort of two to three years. I remember his first possession, and I think it might have been against Flash's mob, Sydney at the MCG, and he did two of the most unbelievable crumbs I've ever seen. And I was just like, whoa, he's got a little bit of talent. And then all of a sudden, he's um, a young man that's figured out how to start to work hard. Uh, he knows what his strengths are. His mental game's really good. Like, he actually constantly like is just evolving getting to the next contest and not having um a delay of of um attitude or mindset because of something that's happened in the past which is really really hard to teach people um and uh yeah no in terms of where he sits jeeva i mean i've played with some pretty good players yeah. it's probably it's probably hard to fade to, to, to around maybe the maybe sort of eighth to fifth i mean probably ranty uh dustin Koch and uh richo I mean, they're sort of they're sort of probably the top ones. So there's 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 a few there, but he's certainly um, he's um, he's not just just making his way slowly up the AFL ladder in terms of best players. He's scaling it at a rate at the moment. So um, uh, yeah, I, very I wanted to ask really really quickly, how do you on the flip side of that, how how do you keep him balanced? You know, there's a lot of talk in the media at the moment around you know, Kane Corns has suggested you know about an, an enormous contract will be. Uh, will be tabled moving forward. You know, how, how do you keep him in the moment to ensure his mind doesn't drift? You know, towards that success. And you know, you know, with with young athletes, uh, that can sometimes be a bit of a challenge. Well, the the, the easiest thing to do, um, Jeeva, and you would know, you you may know this being on this program is um, we have we have a real anti Kane Corns uh, messaging oh. on um, <laughs> on our SCN breakfast. So when he says something, it's actually quite easy to brush away and know that. Um, that isn't maybe the common fact, but um, <laughs> there's been a few numbers bandied around about him. Um, but uh, you, you, all you do is you just make a, you make a bit of a joke about this sort of stuff because you can let it fester away. It's like, oh, look at Shay's going to get a you know, million dollars or whatever or something like that or whatever it is. It's actually like, oh, what about you, Shay? You're going to be the richest man in Melbourne when your new contract comes through. It's actually like just jovial, you know, joke, mm. making it a bit more jovial and... and, and making a bit of fun about it because he feeds off that and he maybe falls into his little bit of bravado or whatnot. So, um, yeah, <laughs> you can't get too serious with that sort of stuff. I've got to ask you, mate, um, the saga during the week with uh, Eddie Betts. I know the, 
the Indigenous um, teammates of yours and community you've been involved with. It's a big, serious part of your life. What have you made of it, mate? Ah, oh, I'm just... I, you know what? I, I spoke to Eddie very briefly the other night um, and I'm just gutted. Just gutted for him that... Um, and, and for all of the Indigenous players that went on that camp and for non-Indigenous players that went on that camp that... Um, that have been hurt and, and probably just, to be honest, haven't been supported one iota since it. So, um, yeah, oh, God, yeah, it's, 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 it really is. It's a, it's a tough point in time because not only now are we, it's been dredged back up, what, four years after it. And, and, and funnily enough, like I reach out to you, I feel a bit responsible too because obviously we're at we're, Richmond were the team that beat Adelaide. I say I feel a bit responsible, but... Like they're playing the Richmond song, they're doing all these Richmond things, and and um, just it just sits nowhere near well with me. It's and and now you have to relive it again and and whatnot. But I'm glad that we're getting to the bottom of it as well. That's the other thing is that there's been so many little hearsay about it, and myths about it, and people saying, "Oh, this didn't happen," and it turns out that it did. That the truth the truth is, is there. Um, and unfortunately, it's a bit of an ugly truth at the moment. Are you going to uh, throw any Ed Langdon barbs at Port Adelaide before you um, get to Adelaide, mate? Just to, is, that, is that something you might uh, a challenge for your teammates this week? We'll, we'll rev up, um, we'll rev up the boys over there. Why, oh, What's Jesus he doing? Jesus, uh, mate, I'll tell you what, it's, uh, what he's done, and and you know what, he, it, that, might, that might be the case. It, it, it may be the truth, but he's got the big. The big box of kerosene and just poured it right on what is going to be an <laughs> unbelievable game tonight. And there is flames a hundred meters high, and there's going to be so many more people watching it on that little buy storage tonight. Give overs and unders, boys. I'm telling you, 150 times that'll get mentioned on the broadcast tonight. I've got absolutely no doubt. That's the line, 150 times, and I'm going with the overs. Do you think the pies will use as motivation? I would be, yeah, I would be. And even if it's not a just a, even if it's not Craig McRae saying it, it'd be like it plays, well, We may have know, just lost Jack there. I think he's, uh, he's wound him up a little bit, oh. but uh, no, no barbs towards Port Adelaide. They, they're a very good side, and we've had a really good battle with them only recently, about six weeks ago. Um, it can be a different kettle of fish over there in Adelaide. Eh? Well, they uh, they play very well over there. See all the Commonwealth Games action on 7 Plus. Watch event replays, mints, trending highlights and all the action on demand. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC. We're going to be watching the footy tonight. That's for sure. We look forward to watching the Mighty Tigers keep their finals. Up the Tigers. Go the Tigers. Good luck, pal. Hey, boys. Don't, get, don't break more bones, eh? All right, I'll try not to. <laughs> Good on you, Matt. We're live on 1629 SEN Tassie, 1611 SEN Northern Tassie, and right across the country on the SEN app. The Hawks and the Gold Coast, of course, breast playing tomorrow at UTAS Stadium. I'll be there. Watch you have a special guest, not Matty Capuano, who's there as normal. 
Bradley Cox Goodyear, who's probably been the best player in Heck this. Heck of a footballer. This in Tassie the last 10 years. He's going to join myself and Holly Fowler, of course. Now, this is what you haven't slept about all Oof. night. A little bit um, <laughs> Very much so. With great excitement, we welcome this morning and say great hello to one of the greats of AFL, VFL football and the great Tasmanian, Peter Hudson. Good morning, Hutto. Good morning. How are you, Thank- Terrific. Thanks so much for joining us. Um, look, it's a big weekend for you um, with the, the announcement of the second Legends Jumper. You must be absolutely thrilled. Yeah, well, it was. It sort of came out of the blue a bit because um, I didn't even think too much about it, and uh, I was approached by the club to see if I'd be happy to be involved with it. And uh, of course, you know, it didn't take me too long to make my decision. That definitely, I, uh, you know, I was just so honoured and so thrilled when they put it to me. But the um, and particularly to follow on from one of the greatest people I've ever met in my lifetime, that was John Kennedy. Um, he was the first person to be recognised on the away jumper. And, uh, uh, yeah, I'm just absolutely thrilled uh, that this year, 2022, is, is the year that honours me. Uh, and next year it'll be someone else because, uh, uh, you know, they're going to honour the people that are in the Hall of Fame for the Horse and Football Club and um, uh, have been elevated to legend. The Guernseys can be officially launched, of course, at the game tomorrow. Uh, you're going to be there, a part of it. Um, you, gosh, you talk about next year and who's the next legend. I mean, you've got you've got a long list to choose from at this that mighty Hawthorne Footy Club. Goodness me! Yeah, it's a pretty pretty illustrious group, isn't it? With you know, the likes of David Park and uh, just recently the great Don Scott, um, Michael Tuck. Um, it, it Jason Dunstall, it just goes on and on. Peter Knights, um, but uh, I think it's a wonderful concept, and uh, I know I was absolutely, um, absolutely thrilled when they um, when they made 2022 my year. So, but the people who don't understand that the jumper is the away jumper. It's uh, mainly gold with a brown V on it, and on the left. Uh, side of the jumper is the is the signature of the, the player that's being honoured. Um, and then on the collar, at the back on the collar, there's um, a bit of a story, just a, as you can imagine, just a very, very short story about the person uh, that the, that's being honoured. Hutto, huge, huge congratulations, mate. As a, uh, as a young Hawthorne supporter and... Um you know, you're, you're clearly one of my favourites, um, and so yeah, con- congrats on the honour. Um, do you do you follow the Hawks much these days? Uh, do, do you do you like what you see in the Hawks moving forward? Oh yeah, I, look, I I love it. people say, you know, do you still follow footy? Do you still like it? And I, my favourite saying is, I'd watch it eight nights a week if it was on telly. You know, like uh, <laughs> so that's how much I enjoy it. And of course, you know there are always there's always room in our game for people to be critical of certain aspects of it. But you know, I, I, all that aside, I, I think it's it's a wonderful game, and and I marvel at the skills of the players. Um, uh, the, the, you know, probably the only area which is a bit near and dear to my heart, is, and I cop this all the time, and sometimes I think people blame me for it, is the inaccuracy in front of goal. But uh, well, yeah, that 
a lot of people say that that's the one area that hasn't improved. But uh, but all in all, um, yeah, I just think it's a wonderful game. The games last weekend were just incredible. You know, the results and what it meant to what it's meaning to the, uh, the finals coming up and all that sort of stuff. It's, uh, it's just brilliant stuff to watch. I actually wanted to ask you about your goal kicking. Um, I was I was reading this week around you know and on different generation around you kicking a flat punt um, as opposed to a, a drop punt, and I, I had no idea what that meant. So I did a bit of research. Can can you explain maybe to to my generation and younger what the flat punt is and 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 how it helped you to to be so accurate? Well, I, it's a funny thing. I don't. I can't. I don't know of anyone that's kicked a flat punt since I retired. I, so, it's, and um, yeah, I think it'd be fair to say it's not a what you call a sexy kick because it looks pretty ordinary. At times. But what I liked about it was um, that it worked for me. And uh, it, the, the one thing that the, the, the reason, if you said to me, what's the one number one reason why you kicked a flat punt? I would say that to me uh, the when you drop the ball flat, the sweet spot on the ball has got to be greater than the end of the ball. And um, that's how I sort of sum it up in my mind. But the one thing that it could do, and it happened many, many times, it, you talk about reverse swing in cricket, the, a flat punt, it can go right to left or left to right. If you just hit it a little bit off centre, it can go either way. Whereas a drop punt, once it's gone, it's gone. You know, it doesn't... Or buddies about the, you know, the master sort of making a reverse swing. But, but the, the old flat punt, um, it, worked, it worked for me for about 20 years. So, uh, yeah, I... I, um, I and, and I think, you know, that uh, my conversion rate was pretty reasonable. So, you know, it just worked for me. And, and, and the thing about it was that the, the drop punt, was coming in about the time that I started playing with Hawthorne. And um, so it wasn't like I grew up with every player kicking a drop punt. I can remember at New Norfolk, people like Rex Garwood would kick torps from the centre of Boyer Oval, which is a, a pretty mean feat. Um, and they just, they just seemed to go forever. Uh, and um, they, you know, that the, as I say, the drop punt was just becoming fashionable around about that time in, in the early 60s. So, so Pete, when you, when you mentioned the swing, you know, so being able to get the, get the ball to go left to right or right to left, is that something you had control over? So if you're in the right pocket and you wanted to get it to go left to right to, you know, help with the, help with the angle, is, is that something that you could control? Uh, well, well pr- probably the, tr- the true answer to that is probably no, because it was well, you, had a, about, you had a real chance to, to go full genius and say, yes, then. You should have. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <can't>, uh, no, <laughs> it's more about... It, my, my, my goal kicking was based on the advice from one of the greatest people ever in football, Trevor Leo Hobart. And uh, Trevor taught me... Um, I was having a little bit of a run of outs and it, it happened to be in the 1966 carnival. I, you know, I was a bit annoyed because you know, I, I, I finished up kicking 20 goals 20 and I always worked on the theory that to kick 30 goals 10 is a lot better than kicking 20 goals 20. But Trevor got me out one night uh, at North Hobart and 
and we went through some steps, and I've lived by those steps ever since. And I've taught people and I've talked to people about uh, these this set of steps that Tripolio gave me, and it was all based on straight line. So it, it, it worked in a way that if you held the ball straight in line with the kicking leg, and you ran at, at a, a target behind the goals, and you ran straight at the target, and you box dropped the ball straight, the chances are that the ball would go straight. And that that was that was the whole philosophy behind my goal kicking. Yeah, for the rest of my life, and I still talk to people about it to this day. Peter, um, the big topic, of course, for all us Tasmanians, and we've had some great guests last month to talk about the Tassie footy bid. Colin Carter last week, we had your old teammate Rodney Ede a couple of weeks ago. Um, from your perspective, I, I guess you've been such involved with Hawks in Tasmania. You know, I've always seen you up there the last twenty years. Uh, and having that involvement, this Tassie bid, um, I'm not sure what you've always thought of it um, over the last 20, 30, 40 years, but right now, what does Peter Hudson think where it's at and, and what needs to happen, and the importance of it all? I know there's a lot of questions in that, but I think you know where I'm going. Yeah, look, I, it's, it's a funny thing. Uh, I haven't been involved in the... Uh, current negotiations between the people that are driving it and the AFL. So I really honestly don't know any more than anybody else, and I only know what I read. But look, I can sum it up in one uh, one sentence, and that is that uh, I would love to see a Tasmanian team in the AFL. And I think anybody, not just anybody with a Tasmanian connection would like to see that, Anybody, it seems to me that the majority of people in, foot, in the football world would like to see that. So, if if, I, if you can accept that as my answer to your question, that sums it up. That I would love to see a Tasmanian team in the AFL, uh, and um, uh, yeah, how it happens and whether it happens, um, I don't know any more than uh, than what I've said, and 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 I only know currently what I read. So I can't really comment on the, the finer details. Mind you, I can tell you here in Melbourne, uh, there's hardly a day go by, goes by where I don't get asked that question that you've asked me um, because a lot of people think that I, for some reason, that I do know uh, all about it. So, but the fact of the matter is I don't. But I'm like probably you guys. I'm like a lot of people. I've got my fingers crossed and... Uh, yeah, uh, and once again, I repeat, I would love to see a Tasmanian team in the AFL. Have you ever had the thoughts and one of the, the main arguments with it's obviously the financial implications, the the stadium, etc. I've always you've been a, across the Bass Strait for a long time now. I've something that's miffed me, especially in recent times with the you know the development, if you like, of Tasmania and Mona and everything that's happened in recent times. The notion that people won't live in Tasmania, that won't, you know, players won't stay in there. It's something personally which has done my head in a lot. How does, when someone says to that, do you think someone will stay in Hobart, what would Peter Hudson say? Well, yeah, I, I think a lot of those questions, only time will tell. I mean, you could line 10 people up and 10 could say, 
Oh, yeah, it would work. And, oh, sorry, five would say, yeah, it can work. Five would say it couldn't work. But I, I think with those things, it, it's a bit like um, when when Hawthorne first went down and played the one game in Rochester against Fremantle. Um, I chaired that original task force to get a game down there. And none of us knew what was going to happen. And, and I think... Had we have been told by somebody that, you know, you'd finish up having Hawthorne down there for four games and North Melbourne down there for four games, at that stage we would have said, oh, you've got to be dreaming, you know. So it, it, a lot of this stuff, uh, and look, I'm not trying to, to, to uh, dodge the question in any way, shape or form, but I think a lot of this stuff, only time will tell. I think it's, to me it's the same as Greater Western Sydney and the Gold Coast. Um, and, and, and I can remember vividly a lot of people saying that it would never work in Sydney with the Sydney Swans. And I think time has shown that that, that was incorrect. Um, and with, you know, Greater Western Sydney and Gold Coast and Tassie, a lot of these things are only going to be answered in the fullness of time, I think. Hutto, take us down memory lane a little bit here. You've, you've spent, obviously spent a lot of time down here playing footy, Glenorchy, New Norfolk. Is there, is there a highlight, a moment, a memory that, that, that stands out amongst that, uh, um, you know, amongst an unbelievable amount of memories, uh, I guess? Is there, is there one that, that really stands out for you? Yeah, look, I, um, I suppose if I had to pick one particular thing, it's, it, it involves two games, and that was in 1975 when um, I coached Glen Orkey and we won the finisher. And then we went on and won the state premiership in one of the best games of footy I've ever played in. And, uh, um, and yeah, probably I'd have to throw in there too, even though we lost the game. It was the 25, around about 25,000 people at North Hobart in 1979. You know, um, that was an amazing atmosphere at North Hobart at that time. But, but um, that game when uh, Glenorchy played uh, North Launceston, um, we were sort of down and out. And then we, 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 in the second half of the game, we just got up off the canvas and finished up uh, with a terrific win. And uh, Peter Daniel, who is a great mate of mine, and uh, Peter and I sort of, out of that game, he was coaching North Launceston, I was coaching Glenorchy. And when you went through the list of players that were in, the, in both those sides, um, it was an amazing uh, lineup by both sides. And... Uh, and I think out of that, Peter and I developed like a, a friendship, and it, it's gone on and on and on, and still, still is very, very strong today. Uh, so uh, that was it, that game uh, was in my best three games ever. So um, that's probably the best way I can answer it. The Hawks, of course, are hosting Gold Coast at UTAS Stadium in Launceston tomorrow at one forty-five. Catch all the action here on SEN Tasmania with myself. Uh, not Matty Capuano tomorrow. Brad Cox, Goodyear, as I mentioned before, North Launceston champion, and Holly Fowler. Peter Hudson, thanks so much for joining us. Great to hear your voice, and uh, I look forward to seeing you around at York Park tomorrow. Look forward to it, yeah. The great Peter thanks, Hudson. Peter. Welcome back to Jack and Flash. Great to have you company again here on a Friday morning. Peter Hudson. In swingers, out swingers, Brett, you love that. Didn't yeah, you? that was that was terrific. I, this this whole flat punt scenario has got, got my head spinning a little bit. Amazing. But um, 
the, the challenge with speaking to someone like Peter is that yes. for only 15 minutes yes. you, you miss all the great stuff. And I'd, I'd read during the week a, a great piece written by Greg Barham from The Age and there was a little snippet in here I wanted to share that um, speaks a little to Hudson's yes. work ethic potentially, which I love. Yes. Uh, though he played in Kennedy's Commandos, so reference to the coach being a complete hard-ass, Hudson was not a fitness fanatic. A reserves player once excited to be invited into the senior rooms pre-game while the, while the Hawks warmed up with push-ups and sit-ups, Hudson fiddled with his bootlaces. Reporting back to mates on the Glen Ferry terraces, the player said he thought Hudson was a bit lazy and unlikely to fire that day. Hudson kicked 16. <laughs> <laughs> and that's oh, yeah. my man. Like, that's yeah. terrific. You know, we do we need the sit-ups and the, and the huge warm-up. I just, uh, yeah, an absolute icon of Tasmanian sport. A huge, huge thrill to, to, to chat to him this morning. Sports update time. Thanks to Host Plus, an industry super fund for all Australians run only to benefit its members. Search, compare, Host Plus today. Now the Jack Jumpers, I'll tell you what, that stuff will come around quickly. The NBL, they've got the, the Blitz was announced yesterday in Darwin. Of course, that's at next month and in early October we'll be back. A few interesting things have happened. The Jack Jumpers signed former uh, Illawarra, Illawarra Hawk, uh, Isaac White. That was on Wednesday that that happened. He's been signed as an in- injury replacement for Clint Steindl, of course, who suffered that knee injury um, on Boomer's duties. Uh, he spoke to the media yesterday. Interesting listening. Yeah, I mean, I think it's not going to be, you know, a complete replacement per se. I think I'm not, obviously not the captain. Um, he's a different stature to I am and stuff like that. So I'm just going to bring what I bring to the group and hopefully that does fill um, some of the void that, that he leaves. So I'm just going to focus on me. Um, hopefully he gets healthy when he gets healthy and, and we'll go from there. Uh, hopefully I'll, I'll shoot the ball well. Um, something I hang my hat on and I think... Uh, you know, I respect I grew in Illawarra is just, you know, how I go about the game. I think I play hard. I think I play with energy um, and, and passion and stuff like that. So I think the fans um, can expect that from me um, and hopefully I can produce as well on both ends. It's attractive. Like as, as a player, you want to be in a winning environment and a culture um, that you see, you know, yourself fitting into. And I do. So um, I think uh, whilst I didn't necessarily have like, you know, an abundance of options, uh, I'm super happy that this was one of them. And uh, yeah, as I said, I'm excited. It's interesting. He's only young, just turned 24, so plenty of upside there. The one I'm a little concerned about, Jeeva, is how Will Magnate's recovery is going and the, very much the concerns that he's still not progressing, perhaps like is that right? he should have done. No, it okay. is. Um, a, that is a concern. I think it is because we, we – look, he, what did he go down about round 11 or 12 last year? So this is a – what are we now into a seven – Eight months, six, mm. seven, eight month process. That's a worry. It is a concern, and particularly given the lack of big man depth. You know, they haven't, uh, in terms of their imports, they haven't no. uh, got a magnate replacement really. Um, so that 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 is a concern. But look, small small ball work from last year. Oh, it, re- it really like did it. work for them. Amazing. Um, and you know, we've spoken about this before. McCall McIntosh was was key to that. He, he you know, he really yep. it allowed him to have the ball a little more. Um, you know, played to, his, played to his strengths a little bit. Um, so you know, may, maybe they'll miss him somewhat. But um, yeah, I- interesting signing. It, you know, and and it was great awareness from the young bloke to you know to put his hand up and say, hey, "I'm not Clint Steindl." <laughs> you know, let's let's make that very clear. I'm not the skipper. I'm not on the same uh, same same stature. Um, but he's a nice shooter. Uh, he'll he'll be a really good addition. You know, replacing six foot six 
uh, range of shooters is, is really tough to do, and Steindl is a, is a tough cover. Magna, of course, uh, contracted now for the next couple of years. It, it, I just hope with that one that we yeah, we get to see him because I think that's pivotal. I, I As much as the small wall was outstanding last year, and, and it really was. You're so right in what you say. I think someone said to me the other day, why wouldn't you want to get Aaron Baines? I said, well, you're not going to have Aaron Baines because you've got Will Magna, but <laughs> Ian... Baines probably wasn't coming, by the way. Yeah, but but, yeah. but that that's that's something to concern. Josh Adams, of course, is signed with Slovenian side Sedevita Olympia. I hope I've said that right. So he won't be returning to the NBL for the 2020... I'd love to get him on the radio. I'm going to ask Mitch Scott just to keep chipping away, chipping away there. We'd love to see if we can get Josh to sort of give his side of things. Um, I had him had him locked into United as a, oh, as, yeah. a as a guaranteed... Yep. Yeah, they've they've lost all their imports effectively. Delhi's yep. gone. Yep. Um, Jack White. Well, not their imports. Denver. Jack White's out. Delhi's out. That's great. For uh, Jack JLA White. Um, is yep. out. Um, so yeah, I they, you know they've got a bit of cash to spend. I had Adams as a as a surefire there, but um, yep. yeah, that that was a really sad scenario. The way that all unfolded, um, it, it'd be you know the truth in those instances. You know, the public we, we will never know. The Birmingham 2022 Common Games live free and exclusive on Seven and Seven Plus download. The 7 Plus app from your smart TV, mobile or tablet. A few more texts coming through. When is the vote for the Tassie team, JD, in Sydney? Well, it's going to happen this month. I actually haven't said the day, um, but we're within weeks, spread of knowing our fate going forward. I've still got people telling me that, Flash, this is a done deal. Don't worry about it. It's all scuttlebutt what we've been hearing. I like this text, Brett. Can Brett share some more stories, please, of his time at the AIS? That's from David. <laughs> Anything in mind there that springs to mind, Brett, that you can perhaps say well, legally on the radio? Very quickly, my relationship with Rod Marsh was a very funny one. There was a, um, I was hopeless time-wise. As you know, I'm late to everything. So there was a morning. We had to be in the gym at 8 o'clock post-breakfast. You know, uh, I'd slept in and rolled down, putting my shoes on, walked into the gym, 8.03, and it is think Adelaide on its worst winter's day, sideways, sleety rain, negative three, we're on the beach down at Henley, waves are crashing in, and uh, and I'm like, oh, right, I'm so sorry I'm late, he's like, yep, you are sorry, you're going to run to the second pier and back, and you're going to do it in 30 minutes, I'm like, Rod, that's like 12Ks, mate, and it's snowing outside, not possible, he's like, yep, now you've got 29 <laughs> the minute I stood there whinging at him, and uh, and I ran, I ran and ran and ran, and uh, I didn't do it in thirty minutes. But um, I think he was happy that I, I I was so scared of Rod. He was, uh, uh, I, and I kind of wish he was my coach all throughout because he was what I needed, someone to just whack me and uh, keep me keep me ticking over. So uh, yeah, it was a sad day when Rod passed. And that's yeah, very sad day. It's been a, a tough twelve months for cricket Australia. It, what an incredible legacy Rod Marsh had on the, this country. And then his sons, and we talked about Paul Marsh before, and Dan. and well, Paul, Paul's the one that kind of gets unspoken about. He's you know, a terrific the, career. Negotiated uh, the MOUs yep. of the two major sporting yep. um, you know, player empowerment, you know, huge contracts, the you know the money that flows through AFL Absolutely. Uh, for, for the players and cricket is is a, is a Paul Marsh thing. So he's a, a terrific operator. They're a great family. It's hot. Real hot. That's hot. That's hot. That's hot. That's hot. That's hot. This is hot. It's so damn hot. Not. Hot or not time. Thanks to Hosts Plus, an industry super fun for all Australians.
Good morning, wherever you're listening. Winding down the last hour of Jack and Flash, hot or not time. Well, there's many good topics here, and I like this first one, Brent. We can have a bit of audio after I... So just hold off and answer in this, if you would mind. Hot or not, footy needs more Ed Langdons. Have a listen. They're sort of all duck, no dinner, in a sense that, um, you know, if they're playing fast footy on their terms, they're, they're a very hard team to stop, but... Um, they're a bit of a one-trick pony at times, so hopefully we can uh, right. dampen the way they want to play and, and on the back of that, um, you know, go out and, and offensively play the way we want to play. <laughs> it's hot. <laughs> I love that stuff. <laughs> Give me all that stuff. Oh, Give me all that, Ed Langdon. One of these is my shorts. I can cook things in it. <laughs> <laughs> Give me all that, Ed Langdon soup. That is terrific. Uh, what did he say? All duck, no dinner. All duck, no dinner. One trick pony. We're all the old. Well, of line. course, it's a but the the duck. It's the duck reference. I think he's outsmarted all of us there. It's the reference to the ducking. I think that that is the key, of course, Jack Ginneman making uh, making a meal of it for himself. But <laughs> I never I, thought of that. No, right. well, because you're just not very smart. Um, that's true. Ed, that's perfect. Yeah. But the coach is going. What? What are you doing that for? Why would you bring unnecessary heat to the game? You know. And and if you look at that match, yeah, Collingwood are hot. There's no doubt. And if they're on the list, hot or not, they're hot. But the D's should have their way with Collingwood because they're contested beasts. They pressure. Um, yeah, I it's liked hot. it. Hot, hot, hot. Right, oh. What do you got for, for you? For you, Flashman. Isaac Rankin will be playing for Adelaide next year after being offered a five-year, $4 million deal. Wow. It's well, a lot of money. Gee, I'd love to get, um, maybe we'll try and get Hamish Ogilvy on the next week or two. Such a big part in Tasmania for the last 20 years. And ask him directly. That that's a that's a big number, but Mitch Scott knows, and I hope Jackie Boy's still listening as he's headed to the airport, that I talked about Isaac Rankin at the start of the year as a bargain basement player, just struggled with injuries for a year or two, and you could pick him up really quite cheaply. You ain't picking up cheaply anymore. Five years, four million dollar deal. He's a star. He was a star on his debut, and he kicked goals in his debut, multiple goals I think, and he is it, oh, is is it, it hot Australia? or not? Answer the no, question. I'm trying, to, I'm trying to break it down. I don't think it is hot because I don't know that every, he's, people say it's a done deal. I, I'd think the Gold Coast would be absolutely ludicrous. Gee, they, can, nah, they can't it's... afford to lose him. It's a not. Yeah. Not hot. It's a not. Don't think so. I, I, I'm not saying that the deal's not right and all there, but Gold Coast have to move heaven and earth. But some, sometimes the number's too much, yep. and I think that number's too much for Isaac Rankin. Hot or not, the Tassie Devils in the NAB League deserve more recognition for what they're doing at the moment. Second on the ladder. That's super, isn't it? I think I think they're getting good recognition. Yep. I'll say not. I yep. think uh, back page nah. of the paper yesterday, uh, they're, they're, they're being featured heavily across all, certainly Tasmanian yes. news outlets, and rightfully so. It's a beautiful story, but more importantly, perhaps is the age division lower. Um, Oof. That from all reports, that is a bumper crop of kids coming through. So uh, this little generation of footballers we, we've coming through uh, uh, a look in the business and maybe at the right time for us. Someone said to me last night, actually, the great Mark Colgrave, a mate of mine, a massive fan of yours, Kat said to me, he said, what we're now going to be wary of is these kids, right, they're sons of guns, like Ian Callanan's son, for example, Scotty mm. McCallum's son, mm. all legends of footy in the 90s and the 2000s. The next generation, are we still going to have those gun 
you know, dads that have these young kids. Does that make sense? It does. Like, it's an interesting way you put it, and I really appreciate it, but certainly that younger crop, um, Ian Callan's son, gosh, there's some, there's some talent there, and it's terrific to see. <laughs> Hot or not, Brett? The Devonport Strikers would have been the Tasmanian Sporting Fairy Tale of the Year if they'd managed to beat the A-League Wellington Phoenix in the Australian Cup last night. By the way, they lost 4-0. Uh, uh, it would have been huge. Yeah, I'm going hot. I yep. like it. Yep. I, I, I think it's... Um, they, I mean, they're, they're batting well out of... Yes. You know, you think about, you know, soccer's... Uh, soccer's obviously very big down here, but we're not. We did the salary caps, and we're not pulling the elite-level yes. talent of the A-League. Um, yeah, I, I love a fairy tale, and I'm hot on a fairy tale. Now, for you, hot or not... And I'm glad I'm asking you this. The Big Bash League is in real trouble. Uh, we know the UA League is, uh, in January, is reportedly courting 15 Australian stars with huge cash offers to bypass the BBL and head to the Middle East. It's hot. It's damn hot. It's big strife. Yep. Is it, like, you know what I'm talking about? <laughs> I, yeah, this is super concerning. And, and I think it's all on the back of the Big Bash as, it, as it's in its form now that... You know, I feel the brand needs to, to get back into a bit of shape. And I, we've got greedy, we've overcooked it, we've had too many games, you know, cash. Uh, and now the jack jumpers are in town. Um, you know, it, that's just the Hobart part of it, of course, but not the Big Bash League in its entirety. But Davey Warner, oh, look, I. If, you, if you're an Australian contracted player, you, you cannot go and play in the of course UAE. You, can't. you cannot. But. If they allow that to happen, they have completely yep. lost the plot. Saw Dan Bredick come out the other day. The AG said, David Warner, if he does that, well, you, 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 you have to revoke your, 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 your membership almost. 100%. Your, your 100%. Contract. I could not agree more. Um, troubling for ta- and for Tasmanian cricket, if, if the footy licence goes through and the jack jumpers continues to grow as it is, c- cricket's dead. It's over. Mm. I'm, I'm telling you, cricket's in real trouble. Uh, we know particip- well, not participation juniors are in the game, but their transition through to Premier Leagues and the pathway is really, really concerning. Footy comes in, basketball holds, uh, cricket's going to die. It's in real trouble. That was Hot or Not for another Friday. Terrific to have your company the last couple of hours. Brett, another text just come through from a Crows supporter, I would imagine. Adelaide has been pillaged for years. Bock. Greenwood, Atkins, I can add, add a couple to that. Gunston, if you want to throw in. It's about time we got one back, and especially when he's a gun. Forward line start the next 10 years. Thilthorpe, Fogarty, Rochelle, Rankin. That's pretty good. Jeez, they were good too, the Crows, Is last week. Are we, are we excited yeah, by that no, forward line? They're, they're all young, so and I'm I've seen sure them all a couple of times. I think that, yeah, no, Fogarty's... He's becoming something. I, I didn't actually know we had Crow supporters in Hobart. No, it's, there's probably six or seven of them, and our good friend JB is one of them. Um, tonight's a beauty, isn't it? Big like game. It, it, well, it is. Like it, Collingwood, we get to really... They can look in the mirror tonight, and let's find out how good they are, I reckon, because it's such a massive game for both teams. I mean, Melbourne aren't absolutely short of top four footy yet. Well, and I, I think... Perhaps more importantly for the entertainment factor is that we might see um, an enormous amount of melee fines come out of uh, this Ed Langdon comment. Will Hashtag really, Langdon Gate. It will spark some fury. And, uh, you know, I, th- I think, you know, as, as much as Jack Ginnivan's been in the news for, you know, for maybe some of the wrong reasons, he's brought a bit of exposure on himself. He is must-watch footy because he is copying it from all over the place. He is. It's good to watch.
It is. It's fascinating. And that whole rule, how that develops again is another weekend. We'll be interesting to see how we do it. Mate, have, have a good call tomorrow. And thanks for coming in. I am looking forward to tomorrow. I'll be joining Holly in the morning on this program. And, of course, we'll be calling the footy at York Park tomorrow, which is really exciting. I think Gold Coast is pretty good. I'm going to have a good look at Marble Chow. That's the one I'm looking for. We might see Hutto. It was great to chat to him. It's oh, always good to wow. have you, Brett. 